On Monday, April 20th edition of the show, we'll talk about ESPN airs The Last Dance, the Jag shopping Leonard Fournette, William Byron wins the second straight iRacing event, and much more. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at 7-Eleven Sports underscore podcast or check us out on Facebook and Twitter. In a drama-free week, William Byron wins his second consecutive race after leading the most laps. Last week, Kyle Larson was fired from his racing team for using a racial slur during an event, and the week before, Bubba Wallace lost his sponsor after rage quitting. Most won't remember, though, but the same day, Bubba quit in fury. William Byron won that race as well. Byron cut his teeth in racing, and through video games, this young star learned how to drive a race car. As he said himself, he was not from a racing family, so he had to learn some other way. Through the virtual sphere, he racked up almost 300 wins to this day. The race was not without its accidents, though. Bubble Wallace and Clint Boyer once again collided. At the start of the race, Wallace said, Clint, don't wreck me, don't wreck me. Then after the contact, Clinton said, two races in a row, I got bubbled. Matt DiDebento was kicked out of the race after intentionally ramming into Ryan Priest. DiDebento then filmed a video after the race in a draft onesie, which he had worn for the entire event, to prevent more accidents. Fox had cut some of the drivers before the race. After receiving some backlash, they brought a few more racers into the event. They had done this because high-profile racers had been cut and also racers who had signed sponsors to the upcoming race. William ran a great race, though. The driver of the 24 car has led the most laps throughout the iNASCAR racing series and will continue to dominate the field. Former Louisville Cardinals offensive tackle and top O-line prospect in the draft, Mekhi Becton, had reportedly failed a drug test last week. However, the results are not official and he has no history of drugs in the past. I would tell you it would be a surprise if he has a failed test, Louisville Athletic Director Vinny Tyra told ESPN. He's just been a model student athlete for us. I'm not worried about him. He's going to have a great career. I don't think he's going to be any trouble for any teams. After hearing about the news, most teams will still interview him right before the draft. The results will not be officially released until later this week. Top draft analyst Mel Kuyper has him as the seventh best overall prospect in the draft. Most big boards believe he will be drafted fourth by the New York Giants. Beckton was a three-year starter for the Cardinals and helped Louisville win the Music City Bowl in January. He normally plays left tackle, but his freshman year he played on the right side. Many teams like the offensive lineman that can move around the line. During his freshman year, he blocked for one of the best college football players ever in quarterback Lamar Jackson. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. There are many rumors out there that the Jacksonville Jaguars are shopping running back Leonard Fournette. Fournette was the fourth overall pick in the 2017 draft. The former LSU product was one of the top prospects in the country at the time. 
Many believe he would win the 2016 Heisman Trophy, but had a down year and didn't even make it to New York City. However, he still played well enough to be a top pick in the draft. Fournette had a great rookie campaign rushing for over 1,000 yards and helped lead the Jacks to the AFC Championship game. The offense was pretty simple. Run the ball while leaning on your top defense to win games. They were one quarter away from stunning the New England Patriots and going to their first Super Bowl in franchise history. The next year was a season to forget Fournette and the Jags. Fournette missed four games due to injury and some other games due to suspensions. Five destinations he could get traded to would be the Dolphins, Colts, Bills, Lions, and Buccaneers. The top contender in the most competitive UFC weight class just made weight, even though the fight has been canceled for over a week now. As we have reported several times now, UFC 249 was slated to match up Khabib, the champion, versus the top contender Tony Ferguson at the 155-pound weight division. This is the fifth time the showdown has been canceled, but this time it was not either fighter's fault. Even though this wasn't going to happen, Tony Ferguson had vowed that he would make weight on April 18th. A man of his word, he weighed in that day at 155 pounds even. There were many reactions to this after he posted the video from his home. Conor McGregor took shots at him, which is no surprise to anyone. Then he deleted those tweets. MMA fans across the country played experts by saying this would do more harm than good to his health in the lead up to his fight against Justin Gagey on May 9th. However, podcaster and UFC commentator Joe Rogan only had good things to say about El Kukui, aka the Boogeyman. In his own Instagram post, Joe Rogan said, claiming once again what a complete savage he is. Tony Ferguson makes weight for his canceled fight. Respect. Only time will tell if these actions really hurt him or not, or if we even see a fight take place. The NBA has announced that players will receive will lose 25% of their paychecks starting on May 15th. Players will receive their full paychecks on May 1st, but it could be their final paycheck for quite some time. The NBA and Players Association have agreed that they will receive their money once the season returns. If they have to cancel the remainder of the year, their income will come back in part of the 2020-2021 NBA season. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has stated that we are not in a position to make any decision, and it's unclear when we will be. Silver said on a Friday afternoon via Yahoo Sports' Vincent Goodwill. The NBA, like most of the leagues, is trying to get back after suspending their season a month ago when Jazz center Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID-19. The league has thought about going to different places to play the remainder of the season and possibly the postseason with no fans. There are reports that NBA could bring in new expansion teams for this to happen. The new teams could possibly be in Seattle, Vegas, or Vancouver, Canada. Seattle-Vancouver used to have NBA teams. The Seattle team was called the Supersonics, but eventually moved to Oklahoma City in 2009 and changed their name to the Thunder. Because of this, Seattle has always won an NBA team, and the league has thought about putting one there. Vancouver was the home of the Grizzlies in the 90s, but moved to Memphis in the early 2000s because of the money and lack of fan support there. Since then, Vancouver has grown and loves basketball. A team could really thrive in Vancouver, and some have said the Grizzlies should go back there because they would get better fan support than there. However, Las Vegas has never had a basketball team, but recently acquired both the Raiders of the NFL and Golden Knights of the NHL. Vegas would have a place to play where the UNLV basketball teams host their games. It's also the host of the Mountain West Basketball Conference Championship. This is all just speculation, though, but the league is really considering it.
Steve Staker is not a household name across the country, but from the outpouring of support in Lisbon, Iowa on Sunday, you would have thought he was a superstar. The longtime high school football coach in Fredericksburg, Iowa, sat in a chair at the front of his driveway as 232 cars passed by to greet him and wish him well as he continues to fight cancer. The doctors have told him that he doesn't have much longer to live, but he's not quitting his fight. This is the coach whose license plate is abbreviated to read, expect to win. After a very successful college or very successful career in high school football, Coach Staker began a career in the college ranks. After a short while as an assistant coach at the Division III co-college in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Staker accepted the position as head coach. Many of his children have gone to college and overcome and over time Staker became a familiar name on campus for several years. His son Tyler is the current head coach, and his daughter is even married to the head baseball coach, now athletic director. During his time at Coe College, Steve coached several Iowa Conference Championship teams, including several seasons that made runs into the playoffs. Even though he was named at one time the Division III Coach of the Year, Steve Staker's biggest impact was in the lives of players he coached. You don't have to look very hard to find the story of an athletic of an athlete who taught a valuable life lesson too, and he has given many athletes a second chance to play the game they love. While he may not have much time left here on Earth, the contributions to the lives of the young men and women he coached will last for generations. ESPN aired the first two episodes of the 10-part series called The Last Dance on Sunday night. With so many people being quarantined in their house, this may be the biggest sporting draw since a month ago when the pandemic started. The series was about the 97-98 Chicago Bulls and their run to their sixth and final title. The team had let a camera crew in for the entire year. Many experts believe this was the greatest basketball team ever and no other team could beat them in league history. Phil Jackson, the Bulls coach, helped Chicago win six titles and eventually five more championships with the Lakers in the 2000s. The first episode was about Michael Jordan's upbringing, college career, and the first few seasons in Chicago. Part one started out in the beginning of the 1997 NBA season. After the Bulls won the title in 1997, Chicago GM Jerry Krause had told the media that this was Phil Jackson's final season as the Bulls coach. Every year, Phil Jackson had a name for each season. After hearing the news about it being his final season, he called it the last dance. There were strong reports at the time that Krause was trying to blow up the team to rebuild their franchise. The team was getting older, but Krause's ego got in the way. Michael Jordan had already stated that if Phil Jackson does not come back, he is done. Jordan had already retired at the end of the 1993 season for 18 months and then came back and joined the team for the start of the 95-96 season. The second part was about Scottie Pippen and Jerry Krause's fractured relationship. In 1997, the Chicago Bulls traded the rights to Central Arkansas forward Scotty Pippen, who was drafted fifth overall by the Seattle Supersonics. A few years later, he turned into Robin for Michael Jordan. In the 1991 offseason, Scotty Pippen signed a seven-year, $18 million contract. After he signed the deal, the league salary cap became very high. Pippen stated that he signed the small contract because he didn't want to gamble. Bulls owner Jerry Reinsdorf had told Pippen that, if the, that the contract was not enough for him. However, once he signed it, the Bulls owner did not restructure contracts. So after the Bulls won the 1997 NBA Finals, Scottie Pippen had surgery after injuring his foot in the fall and missed three months for the next season. He had said in the documentary that the reason why he decided to have the surgery so late was because he did not want to ruin his summer. Pippen also said that maybe he could either get a big contract or be traded. They also said that Pippen was the sixth highest paid player on the team and 122nd in the league despite being the second best player in the NBA. 
Krause had even told the media that he was looking to trade the second best player in the team. However, he never told him face to face. Sometimes it would get so bad that Pippen would openly cuss out Krause and say, trade me. Next week, ESPN will air the third and fourth part of the Untold series. Thanks for listening to the 7-Eleven Sports Podcast, your top seven sports stories of the day in just 11 minutes.